Hello, and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan. I am your host, R.T. Fleming, and it is my mission to help you find your next digital comic book pick from the golden age to now. I have been reading comic books for over 40 years, and have never lost my passion for comic books. Something I try to pass on to old and new readers. It's Monday, August 14th, 2023, and this is episode 118 of the podcast, and I'm happy to welcome back Michael Northrup as guest to discuss his latest all-ages graphic novel from DC called Young Alfred, Pain in the Butler. I had Michael back on January, and I'm happy to get him back for this show. Now, when people see comic books like Young Alfred, or even some of the Archie comics, they often think of kids' comics. That's not true. Young Alfred is an all-ages comic book where fans of all ages can enjoy. I have become a big fan of Michael Northrup, and I encourage you to look at the show notes to listen to the first time he was on back in January. Now, if you're new to the podcast, thanks for checking it out. It's usually a short-form podcast, 20 to 25 minutes. You never know what I'm going to be talking about. I hope you continue to sample the show, look at the show notes, subscribe to the podcast, Follow the podcast on social media. It's so important. I want this podcast to continue to grow. And as I said, introduce fans to a different way of discovering and reading fantastic comic books. Now on to today's show. I am pleased to welcome back to the podcast, Michael Northrop. He was back on last January. So excited to have him on again, Michael. Thank you for joining me. Michael, before we talk about your project, Young Alfred, Pain in the Butler, we just came out early August. Tell the new fans a little bit about yourself. So my name is Michael Northrup, and I started out writing uh, young adult novels and then like middle grade novels. You know, that's that's really where I got my start writing. Twelve of those with Scholastic, and then my last uh, four books now have been... Uh, uh, graphic novels with uh, DC. So I made that switch from kids books to graphic novels for young readers. And before that, I was a, a magazine editor. That's how I got involved in the young reader thing. I worked at Sports Illustrated for kids for pretty much my whole journalistic career. You know, we learned a lot there. Yeah. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. When I had you on last January, I just kind of reached out to you out of the blue, and you schooled me on that episode, the difference between kids' comics and all-ages comics, and you write all-ages comics. Explain the difference between the two of that. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, like, you know, like I, I like to say, until fairly recently, all comics were all-ages comics, right? They, there was um, one setting and largely they were the idea was that it was your readers you know it was um that was the idea with comic books right um silver age bronze age stuff whatever you like i mean that was for readers but obviously that's what we're all still reading that stuff and we love it and so um to me that's that's really what comics are they are meant for all ages you know you can enjoy them as an adult you can enjoy them as a kid um you can enjoy them somewhere in between and so that's that's really what i'm writing part of the young readers line at dc and so i'm aware that you know a lot of the readers and a lot of the advertising and stuff like that is going to be geared towards kids but when i'm writing it i'm trying to write a book that you know everyone can enjoy you know so for example if a, a parent is reading the book to a very young kid, I want them both to enjoy it, 
Um, and, you know, that's even in like the jokes in there. There's a little bit of a Pixar element where it's like you're watching up as an adult. You'll get certain references that kids won't, but you're both enjoying that. That's that's just my idea. You know, that the idea of um, comic books is mostly geared towards an adult readership and, you know, mostly fairly dark and geared towards an adult readership is really uh, pretty recent. And I'm not inventing anything new by saying that, you know, comics should be for all ages. I'm just, just thinking back to, you know, comics, you know, uh, that I grew up on or comics for, you know, for most of their existence. So what other projects have you done with DC and how did you manage to hook up with DC in the first place? Um, yeah, so that was all through, I took the shortcut of, right, selling, selling 1 million prose novels, right? So I books out um, for young readers at Scholastic, and they were starting their young readers line, and they wanted some, some new voices, um, and some people with experience uh, reaching that uh, readership, uh, that age range. And, um, you know, my, my agent, you know, knew I was a huge a uh, comic book fan and, and lifelong reader. And um, so that's that's how that happened. Um, I, I really got into it as um, an established kids writer. And then that led to my first book, uh, Dear Justice League. And, you know, then once I was in the door, you know, I just I just started pitching basically. <laughs> And they, you know, they're trying, they're trying to close the door on me. I'm like, what about- wait, 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 I got one more, one what? more. Yeah, <laughs> got one more. So what else did you have from DC? What else so then I did uh, Dear, Dear Justice League. And then the follow-up to that was uh, Dear Supervillain, which was just kind of right there. And then I I ended up doing a Teen Titans Go. A Teen, it was Teen Titans Go Undead, um, which was a ton of fun and really ridiculous. Actually, that, that was not the first thing I pitched. I pitched- Teen Titans Gur, which was like animals, <laughs> you know, like, um, and they were like, eh, that might be a step too far here. Um, <laughs> and then so I, I, I came up with some different thing. You know, zombies felt like a good match for um, Teen Titans Go. So I had a lot of fun with that. And so that's the first three, uh, Dear Justice League, Dear uh, Supervillains, um, Teen Titans Go Undead. And then the new one is Young Alfred Payne in the Butler. Yeah, DC much, must like your voice because you're number four in their books now. So what is Young Alfred Pain the Butt all about? Um, so it is sort of, uh, you know, imagining creating a, a backstory for how Alfred got his start as a um, as a butler. But it's it's framed as sort of two stories. It, it has Alfred arriving in Gotham as, as a, a young man, um, heading to Gotham Servant School, the toast of the upper crust. But it's framed with a modern day Alfred, more for Alfred as an older gentleman. And it's sort of built around that, you know, like as a, when you're a kid, you're, you're thinking about the present, you know, you maybe think about the future. And as when you're as older, you might think about, think back, think more about the past. And so I like that framing device. And also, you know, I think I might've been thinking of a lot of these sort of classic sort of English countryside novels, like um, The Remains of, of the Day, you know, a great um, book also involving a butler where it's like, in, you know, a, a man's golden years looking back on his youth, 
also, of course, like, you know, Brian's had re revisited and all of that stuff. And that just, that felt sort of appropriate for something on a distinguished gentleman such as Alfred. So we have the two sides. We have the, the sort of older man looking back in his wisdom. And then we have the younger adventures, which are just full of like, just ridiculous puns and sort of hijinks. Right? Yes, <laughs> so, yes, yes. Um, so when Young Alpha was coming together, it was DC like, you know, Michael, do whatever you want. We got faith in you. Just go. Here's the keys to the kingdom. But but no, really, how did this all come about? I and mean, what was the genesis of how much did DC work with you? Or did you just, how was the pitch for this? Well, yeah, no, this was, I mean, I think, honestly, I, I, I was very lucky that, you know, um, Michelle Wells, who is, is no longer at DC, but she started the Young Readers line there. And she's a big Alfred fan. And so I, at some point, I think I mentioned, I was like, I'd love to do an Alfred thing. And she's like, oh yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. You know, like um, she is like, just like a big, like a fantastic, fantastic uh, editor, very insightful, um, but um, just also just a big Alfred fan. And so I started the wheels turning and, that, you know, I came up with pretty much the the whole concept as it is now um, for the pitch. But um, what really I was told, what really probably sold it was the title, which is right, Young Alfred, Pain in the Butler. Um, that is a great title. And we have it really a, is a cover, great title. Cover that sort of cheekily goes with that. Yes. And, um, and so that, that probably did more than anything to to get get everyone on board but i mean it was a little bit i've got to say it was a little bit carte blanche with with this character because you know like dc it's got its superman people it's got its batman people if you want to do something there you need you need sign offs you need them like what are you doing with our guy here now this time alfred, huh? alfred i mean not that they don't love him. There's a lot of love for Alfred. I've discovered that in, in writing this, both inside and outside co the company, a, a lot of love for Alfred. But that said, you have a little more, a little more latitude uh, with what you might want to do in a fictional adventure involving a young Alfred. So, you know, I took it very seriously, but I, I really, they really did no line too ridiculous no setup too you know absurd and and um and we all just had fun with it but it's just like with the justice league you know like i was a little intimidated writing dear justice league um it's all the big characters right but it's like we all just you know my artists in, in in both cases like me and my artists we, we just we love these characters and if you come at a place from like sharing why you love these characters people are gonna be fine with it you know, we're not looking, people, you know, the characters might behave in a, in a way that's funny or get, you know, fooled or something like that, but it's not to bring them down a peg or anything. It's like, we love these characters and we want to show readers why, you know what I mean? We love these characters so much. And and I feel like if you, if you come at it from that perspective, people are basically going to be fine with what, what you do with them. So the artist for this project, the Sam Lofty, how did you hook up with him? What was it like working with him? Well, so Sam, just a fantastic, fantastic artist, but that was DC. That was someone they had worked with before. And I believe he had, he hadn't uh, fully drawn any of the young reader books, but he had, uh, you know, assisted with the, the, the story breakdowns, the thumbnailing and stuff like that. 
Um, and they were really looking, and obviously you can see he's such a fantastic artist. It's like any page you open, it's just gorgeous. Oh, it is. So they, Great. Yes. They, so they were just, they were looking for a book to get him on. And I'm just, I'm the lucky guy, you know what I mean? Like who, who was, you know, at the right place at the right time. And, and um, because, you know, he's, he's a huge Alfred fan too. And all of that, we had a lot of the same sort of touchstones for this. And so you know, we, we synced up immediately on this. Uh, we, yeah, but that, that basically, that was like DC matchmaking and it, it really, really worked out. So when you're putting this together, did you have any personal goals or did DC have any ideas of goals? I mean, just this term is themed and whatever, you know, Alfred used to, he's right. He's beloved character, you know, and currently he's dead in the comic books and been dead for like four or five years now. I mean, there, there had to be some kind of respect to treat Alfred the way he was. And also, how about the baddie that you chose for this particular um, adventure? Well, I mean, there was a little bit of, yeah, it's it's so weird that Alfred is dead. But then I've got to say, and I have this theory, you know, like that, like most people with like a Batman or a Superman, or, you know, any of the big characters, they're going to have their favorite version or a few favorite versions, you know, whether it's a specific run or specific artist or, you know, it's like the 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 TV show or the Super Friends or movie or whatever, you know what I mean? Like a particular actor. Um, with Alfred, I feel like for most people, their favorite version, the best version of Alfred is the one in their own head because he's not very prominent in any of these interpretations. You know, there aren't, you know, I mean, there are some runs where he's gets a little bit more, you know, time on the page than others. And some movies where he's actually, you know, get some lines, but I mean, these are, and the idea English Butler, uh, sort of a father figure with that, the emotional reserve that they both require in that of in my head you know what I mean like and I feel like that's true for a lot of people um they know Alfred even apart from what he is or isn't in the current run you know like they have you know they have a good conception of who Alfred is and that said you know like I sort of admitted there he's not the big marquee character I mean he is very much in the background even in his biggest roles you know what I mean he's a supporting character and so Choosing Joker and Harley as the the villains here was just a little bit of star power. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what that was. Like, if you're going to have a supporting character as the main character, and even a supporting character as a kid as the main character, you know, you need those Batman cameos. And so, you know, which we were always going to have. But also, I felt like the villain, the choice of villain was an opportunity to inject a little bit of uh, you know more high profile characters plus there's i mean joker and harley it's a i mean they're so classic you know what i mean it's like any opportunity you get to to play with those kind of toys you know you take so you have a knack of humor and making your teens sound like teens do you find that to be easy or what's your trick yeah i mean i feel like if you're working at it too hard it it may not be working you know what I mean like I feel like the whole thing is and you know Sam and I discuss this a lot just like Gustavo and I discussed it a lot on my previous books Gustavo Duarte did uh, Dear Justice League and Dear Supervillains it's like just have fun like we just wanted to have fun and our editor on this Sarah Miller 
she just encouraged us, you know, just to have a ton of fun. And because the idea is like, if we're enjoying this, this is fun, right? These are like our favorite characters. And if we're having fun writing or drawing our favorite characters, the idea is readers are going to have fun too, right? It's, you know, you're in on the same joke, you know what I mean? So I'm writing things that are fun for me, uh, jokes, like, like how painful can I get these puns and things like that with the idea that I'm having fun. This is what I want to see. And if Sam and I are having fun, just having a blast putting this together, readers will have a, a blast reading it. That's, I mean, that's what you have to, you sort of have to trust that, you know what I mean? Right? Like if, if you're having fun, it'll come through on the page somehow. And the same thing with humor. If you're like working at it too much, if you're really revising and stuff like that, I feel like, you know, people, People can kind of sense the joy getting drained out of that a little bit, you know? So like one of my favorite lines in there is, I forget the exact line, but um, Harley pulls out her giant hammer, you know, and she's wearing her like, sort of like form-fitting Harlequin outfit, you know, like basically it's spandex. And Joker is like kind of aghast. He's like, you know, the, the, Hammer's taller than she is with a huge, he's like, where did you get that? And she says, you know, billionaires ain't the only one with deep pockets. And then she says, just kidding, it's collapsible. And then he's like, but still, you know, like, it's like, it's collapsible, but just how small can you get this thing? And you have no pockets. And it's just like, that's a stupid line, but still like, that's the- It is funny, line. yes. Yeah, thank you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just like, there's such a thing as like overthinking humor. And so I just, tried to, you know, like, just like, if it made me laugh, that was good enough. We're on to the next scene. So when you assemble the cast of characters, are they all brand new characters? Or did you dig into the DC mythos to bring some of the cast together, especially when he was younger? So that's, that's a good question. Because, um, you know, I know you're gonna ask me about Archie, because I know you. Um, <laughs> and with Archie, Generally speaking, you know, you're digging. There's so much in terms of like background characters and supporting characters and just like B-list characters who it's fun to just bring onto the page. But these I invented completely. This this was fun. I mean, it's open field, like Alfred's childhood. It's just not, you don't have to worry about canon there. There's just not, not much there in terms of Alfred's past and some of it conflicts anyways. And so you can just do what you want. So this, like all the students at the, um, at the school, we invented those, um, the, the bad kids at the school, the Arkham disorderlies invented those. We invented the, like the idea of Arkham orderlies. And it's just like, we just, that whole thing was created. The school was created. The teachers were created. The kids were created. They chapters, you know, it's Alfred, you know, Bruce, Joker and Harley and everything else, everything else was created. The fun fair, the, you know, the everything. And so, and that was fun. It was just fun to have open field on something that feels like it would have been done to death at this point, decades into Alfred's existence and really has not been at all. Like there's, there's, there's really not that much out there in terms of like background supporting characters and that kind of thing, yes. the way that you do have it for Bruce and obviously again, and everyone else, like, you know, they've got that, but Alfred doesn't. And it was fun to be able to like, create some of that and dc was supportive of you creating this 100 yeah i mean you know these the young reader graphic novels are technically out of continuity you know what i mean so we have a little bit more latitude to you know to create um but that said 
you know, they still, they're going to want to look over your shoulder a little when you're dealing with, you know, with, with Bruce Wayne or. Right. Tuck the Henry, big guys. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But with Alfred, I think, and also it was my fourth book. So I, I do feel like if this was my first book, maybe that's, that's different. You know what I mean? Like, but in this case, my fourth book, approaching it with just total love for the character, they were, they were pretty trusting. And yes, Michael, you're right. I am always looking for a reason to promote Archie Comics. <laughs> it is one of the three publishers out there that have been publishing since the golden age, DC and Marvel being the other yeah. two. They consistently put out high quality comics for all ages, all genres, all kinds of crazy stuff. They are one of the biggest unsung heroes of publishers out there. What have you been doing with Archie? Anything lately? You've done a lot of work with Archie Comics. Archie Comics has been around since the golden age. The only two publishers is Marvel and DC. They consistently put out high quality comic books for all ages. You're not going to be disappointed. Michael, what have you been doing with Archie Comics lately that you can talk about? Yeah, so I just um, I just turned in my third story for Archie, and that is going to be part of second toy box of, uh, of Terror um, coming out in October, of course, the spooky season. It's a toy box of Terror thing, and yeah, it's just, you know, they're doing these horror one-shots, um, and this is their second young reader horror one-shot. We had um, the Treehouse of Terror and, and now Toy Box of Terror. And and yeah, I just handed in a, a new story for that. Um, the characters are Mad Doctor Doom, another deep cut. Not the Doctor Doom people might be thinking of. Mad Doctor Doom from 1962, Archie. His hard luck assistant, uh, Chester Plunkett, and a stabby little doll named Plucky. Um, so you can sort of imagine what's going on there. <clears throat> Super fun. I always love an opportunity to work with Archie. I mean, the horror stuff they have been doing is fantastic. These one shots are so satisfying. Uh, the ones I've done, you know, three stories with sort of a framing around it. And um, yeah, this is my third one um, for them. Um, just really had a blast uh, doing it. It comes out in October. It looks um, fantastic. I've just seen early art at this point. Yeah, so much fun. And I, I really do enjoy, like I have the Archie Encyclopedia. I don't know if you have that. Yes, um, I do. It's it's just a blast. I have so much fun, like just like flipping through that and finding. For people who, like, it's also yeah. available on Hoopla also that you oh, okay. can get it. And all Archie comics, I don't know how they arrange, but all Archie comics are also available to borrow new and old through Comicsology Unlimited. So if you're on a tight budget, Go and look at some of the stuff. Archie's always producing some great stuff. Always. It's just, it's just always really good. It's consistency, it's consistently really good. And, you know, some of it really, really different. Um, it doesn't matter. It's I, I always enjoy it. Um, and working with them, they're just a blast um, to work with. Again, they just, they love the characters. They want to tell fun stories. Like, what's wrong with that? You know what I mean? Like, they, that's like, that's what, like, we're all in this for, right? And, and um I always have so much fun with them. So excited for people to see this new one. And also to keep my three-year streak alive. I've done one story for them each of the past three years. So really, really exciting. Um, you know, and I'm always one day after this thing is finalized, I'll be pitching them something else. Um, I, I just, um, I really have fun working with them. Have fun working in that sort of, that you know, that toy box, you know, those, those classic characters. I, you know, I sort of, kind of gravitate away from like Archie and Jug and all that like 
um, towards more BC list, you know, like it just says it's fun. There's so much history there and, and um, it's, it's kind of fun to dust off sort of lesser known characters and give them a turn in the, the spotlight. That, I mean, that said, I mean, it's, it's also obviously my first one was just a classic, you know, Archie love triangle thing. And it, that was, that was really fun too. Um, kind of can't go wrong there. Michael Northrup, before we wrap this up, you get the last words, any parting thoughts? Thanks for having me. I'm glad the cold medicine um, held out uh, just long enough. And then, um, yeah, um, yeah, it was great to talk to you. Um, and I'm really glad uh, you enjoyed the book. Um, oh, was... I loved it. It's one of my, it's my favorite one so far. Again, oh, awesome. It is. It's great. It is, again, Young Alfred, Pain the Butler. It just came out. It's available <laughs> everywhere. Go look at your show notes. I want you to go back and look at Michael's first appearance on the show. It was one of my best tapings. I bragged about it so much. I really enjoyed it the first time. Check it out. I was healthy for that one, too. And he was healthy for that one. <laughs> Michael Northrop, thank you again for joining me on the podcast. I'm going to have you on again, not six months next time. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you, fantastic comic fan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.